Hi guys. Hello. How's it going? Welcome <laughs> to this week's episode of the Matta Diaries. Uh, this week's episode I'm quite excited for. <laughs> this is so weird. Um, <laughs> but we have, first of all, we have our first ever male <gasps> guest on the podcast. <laughs> this is a big deal. This is a milestone. We're almost at one year of the podcast and we haven't had a single male guest. I know, which is quite interesting. I kind of enjoyed that though. I was like, yes, female-centered podcast. So this is totally ruining Yeah, me too. It is, but it's okay. We want to be inclusive over here. Also listen to some other perspectives. Exactly. Uh, and if you heard that little like <laughs> sound, it's Ed laughing in the background because he can't take himself seriously on the podcast. Um, but I'll let, I'll let him introduce himself. So here we go. Hi, I'm Ed. I'm Kara's. I'm Kara's boyfriend. Um, I'm a classify myself as a top fifty listener since I don't listen to every episode. But <laughs> top fifty? What even is that? Well, you know, I'd say you know, <laughs> I listen to the majority of the episodes, but I can't say I'm I'm the uh, number one fan. <laughs> what that's that's truly embarrassing to admit. Ed. But as in, okay, um, okay, that I, that I came lie. out extremely wrong. So, wow, I'm a fan. I wouldn't say I'm the t- number one listener. There we go. That's that's the better way to say it. Okay, that's this I'm is a, a big this fan. This is a great introduction to you as a. This person, is a, okay. Ed. Let me Thank let me reintroduce so myself. He fucked up. Let me reintroduce myself. I'm Ed. I'm Kara's boyfriend, and I'm a very big fan of the podcast. We're not editing that last one out. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm redoing it. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan, and I'm a big fan of what you two do, and I, I like the little community of people that you're slowly bringing together so okay you saved yourself there good job thank you (laughs) that's sweet of you okay do you want to give a bit more of like context to who you are yeah absolutely like how old are you what do you do okay how did you and Kara meet you know give us the okay i'm 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 sure Kara's probably maybe covered a little bit about how we met but i'll 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 give a little whistle stop tour of of how we (laughs) met we we met in first year of university we lived uh in the same building she lived in a in a flat above me and uh so we got to know each other a little bit in first year well quite a lot i like being what? on top i think you were in the same flat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay because, because ed always wow. used to like sleep on the couch in oh, our yeah. flat upstairs. i would always sleep on the sofa ah. upstairs i was a little bit too lazy to go downstairs to my own bed where you know my own room but i felt the need to sleep on a on a sofa that wasn't very comfortable so but yeah so we we met in first <laughs> year and then in second year of university so when was that 20 2017 2018 we started officially going out and then uh we uh have lived lived together pretty much since then uh myself uh i am a i'm a network engineer i work for vodafone in the Woo, vodafone. Woo. <laughs> vodafone. everybody's gonna start hating you instantly oh but trust me they, they won't when they find out what i really do i don't work in customer, customer services. services so and i don't work in consumer <laughs> products as well so i don't deal with anything like uh that people every day use so so i i build so, no don't hate on ed guys come on yeah don't hate on me i build i build private 5g networks for for businesses around the world so they basically customers don't touch it so that's quite exciting a little bit about that's a little bit about me 
How does it feel when people are like, 5G gives you cancer and you just have to deal with people saying that to you, knowing that you are working on 5G? Oh, they're idiots. Like, the, like this whole stuff about 5G giving you cancer is... is uh, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I just swear. bullshit. It's it's horrendous. And um, yeah, it, it won't hurt you. A cup of coffee has a higher chance of giving you cancer than 5G does or something ridiculous like that. So. <laughs> I feel like it's not appropriate to say this for a um, podcast where we drink coffee and all our listeners drink coffee. Yeah. Oops. Well, it- I was going to say, this is making me relieved and upset. <laughs> How confusing. Gosh, Ed, you're causing so much <laughs> pain. <laughs> ah. But yeah. Can't deal with this. Should we? Yeah, thank you for introducing yourself, Ed. You. We're excited to have you. I'm quite excited. I feel like I'm properly third wheeling. I love it. Yeah, so Ed and I are sitting with my favorite couple. We're sitting next to each other on the sofa, and Leo can see us cuddling, <laughs> <laughs> and me awkwardly stroking yeah. his head right now. We should explain. I'm I'm like there by your Zoom. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. Not just like sitting She's across not from just them. Sitting there, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so this week's episode is going to be all about Ed's experiences with basically body image and toxic masculinity because on this podcast we talk a lot about our experiences as women um, and how we deal with the pressures of society and just our experiences growing up and and all that stuff but we always talk about how we want to know what it's like from a man's experience but we never felt like we could actually talk about it because we don't know enough or like it's not our place to say things so we thought you know why not pick Ed to, to come and join us? And hopefully you'll have some interesting things to say and, and shed light on a new perspective. Yeah, it'll just be interesting, I think. Not saying that, like, Ed, you're representative of, like, every single male in this whole entire universe. No, 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 no. I think it'll be good to just have a different perspective on things because I think it's so easy yeah. for us as, like, women to see a lot of things that, like, are wrong or, like, that are hard for, like, us as women in society. But I think me and Cara were talking about this yesterday um about like that you know the patriarchy and sort of i don't know toxic masculine standards or stuff like that like they don't only oppress women i i think they also don't benefit men a lot of the time so i think it'll be interesting to talk about and hear your thoughts on everything exactly but before we do that we're gonna do what we always do and go through our highs and lows so and as our guest would you like to start us off (laughs) yeah absolutely i'll give it a go um I'll start off with my, with my with my highs. Um, God, what's been what's been going good this week? Um, you know, besides having a beautiful girlfriend. Uh, oh yeah. Besides having Cara by High my side every, every day. single day um, of the week. Absolutely, I, I would agree with you there. I th- I think no, I think I think. Oh, absolutely, my darling, very very <laughs> lovely, very much. Fun. I knew you were going to do that at some point. But, but no, it, I'd say my my highs are just my that my my work is going very well at the moment. It's very interesting, and I'm really enjoying it. I've got a really supportive manager, so he's uh, basically helping. Well, he's basically told me he wants to hear my entire life plan. So. Ooh. No pressure. No pressure, no pressure at all. But no, it's it's quite good. It's I'm enjoying it. So that's probably my highs. But and my lows probably don't really have any at the moment. Mine haven't really got anything negative to say about my week. Or so yeah, probably just have to leave it with, without any. That's good. Nice. Yeah. 
We love it when our guests don't have lows because then it just cuts that bit short. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's editing. Thanks, Ed. Leah, would you like to go next? Yes. So my high of this week is yesterday because me and Kara went on a day trip to Oxford and it was just... Oh my God. It was lovely. I really enjoyed the whole day. I feel like it was just like the perfect day out and I love Oxford I realized like I've, I'd only been there once before but I feel like you know, it was just so cute we were like just wandering around like had like no pressure no plans ate good food <laughs> had good conversations it was just cute and also it was we kind of took it as like a celebration of like a one year of the podcast because in three days it will be officially like one year anniversary of us publishing our first episode yeah. which is madness um i just realized that we uh we forgot to we said we cheers to our one years with the mulled wine and we just never did oh my god <laughs> true okay well we'll just have to drink again oh, oh i guess this god. is this is the point where we have to admit that we broke oh, silver shit. october <laughs> you just outed us cara <laughs> oh shit <laughs> yeah well leah broke it first and I just <laughs> <laughs> wow just shove me under the bus why don't you <laughs> I just followed her in her footsteps. I just got a message from Leo in the morning. She was just like, yeah, about sober. <laughs> about that. And I was just like, oh my God, thank God for that. Because I wanted to drink that night. And I was just like, oh, no pressure now. <laughs> you, were, you were holding me account- accountable. And I was just like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I had the same problem of the fact that like I was doing it. Like I was going out that night with a friend that I was also supposed to be doing Sober October with. And then she was like, ah, oh, you know, if you if you break it, I'll break it. So it just kind of snowballed. <laughs> <laughs> we love uh, supportive, supportive friendship. <laughs> it's and, great, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, to be fair, the mulled cider and wine was really good. I feel like it properly like, put me in like a festive spirit already. Yeah. It was really nice. Very yummy. If you're ever in Oxford, I can recommend the pub where we went to, which is called like the Turf Tavern, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and my low this week, I'm going to keep it short. <sighs> I can do this. Um, is just <laughs> that I'm missing my family a little bit extra at the moment. I think maybe no. it's like it getting like colder, being like the colder months. I don't know if this was my low last week as well. Maybe it was. I don't remember. I think it was, yeah. Oh my God. Okay, this is clearly a persistent low um yeah but yeah I'm just I just miss them and I wish I could see them but I I even talked to my work about like potentially going back and the next time I can go back is is Christmas so December so I've still got one and a half months till I can see them but I've got fun plans ahead so hopefully like the the time will go by quickly but yeah yeah if, if yeah you at least you have something which I know yeah at least you have something else to count down yeah too. no exactly i'm looking forward to it so not too bad what about you cara oh so my high was the same thing obviously it was oxford yesterday because it was it was such a nice day as well that it was quite su- we were saying we got like all different seasons because it was quite sunny and hot <laughs> at some point and then a bit cloudy um and then we got to see it at night when it was really cold and we i don't know if you guys saw on our story but we went on a ghost tour thing and it was actually so so much fun i actually loved um, it 
I stayed up at 3 a.m. telling Ed, like, trying to remember all the stories the guy told us. And I was, Ed was just trying to sleep. And I was like, Ed, there's a ghost in this building. It's a young girl. And she, she hung herself. And I was just, Ed was just like, Car, can you please shut up? Like, I'm trying to go to sleep. Um, that was creepy, yeah, though. Did I you try- tell him about the lights? Yes, I told you. Okay, we should tell the podcast. Yeah, so when in one of the houses there that, like, students, I think students live in now. Or just, like, someone lives in there now. Uh, this girl used to live there and she used to love this guy and she like fell in love with him and wanted to be with him Um, and she used to like meet him on the street opposite the house and then just one day he just left and like never came back he just left her and she was obviously heartbroken so she ended up hanging herself as you do as you do <laughs> when you're heartbroken that's dark one way to go that's dark okay, stop. <laughs> uh, so anyways um while while this guy was saying saying the story we were standing all like on the street and then like the light switch kept turning on and off and we were just a bit like i, d- I didn't even question it at first i was like okay no I, me this neither is just weird. this it is just, just happening. felt kind it's of cool. normal yeah i don't know yeah weird. and then and then he told us that people have sight like have seen her ghost in the house when uh, they've lived in the house and also that she controls the lights of the street and that's why it goes off and on and it was so weird like as soon as he said something he was like and she controls it and then like it turned on i was like oh it was so God. weird it was literally like timed and i hadn't even noticed the lights flickering before but then as soon as he said it literally the lights changed i know like, it was so it was so creepy with he we mean our like lovely tour guide he was actually so sweet he was this like yeah. i i think he was a he used to be a te- he must have been like used to be a teacher or something i don't know if at oxford or somewhere else he was talking <laughs> about like grading papers and he just like seemed like such, and he like, said it was the worst job someone could have <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah he just seemed so knowledgeable like you could clearly tell he knew so much about like literature and he kept like quoting different authors and expecting us to and know the so, yeah for some reason he was like you know this right and then leo and i were like no <laughs> he's he like you like, don't know this whenever you say something or i say something you're like what's that and i'm like you don't know that i know it was bad i kept i kept wanting to be like we're not English. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Me no speak uh, English. <laughs> I don't my one excuse for when I don't know anything. It's like, I'm not English. I'm, foreign. I'm not from here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was a really nice day in general. And even the pub we went to, it was so cozy. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter vibes. A bunch of... It was very Harry Potter vibes. And like there were a bunch of small shops in Oxford that... I don't know, they were so quirky and so unique and there were so many random things and it was just really nice. Um, and then also a bunch of people had their, like... I don't know what it was called. Leo knows the word. Immatriculation? Something? Matriculation? Yeah. Their ceremony. So everyone was dressed really cool in their uniforms and stuff. So it was just a really nice day. Um, and then my low is just... It was actually last night as well. It was... Um, one of my friends got harassed in the street by a man not a man oh my god um and it was just for some reason i took it extra it just hit me a little extra last night i was just like i'm so Mm. fed up with this shit and like the fact that women have to go through this so i posted like a story uh being like (laughs) dear men (laughs) fucking stop it um and the amount of responses i got from like women being like preach this like yeah. And sending 
I don't know the fact that they even they feel the same way and they they just like knew what I was talking about. I didn't even have to explain it. Whereas all the men <laughs> messaged me and they were like, "Did you and Ed break up?" I'm like, "Wow, okay, <laughs> <laughs> clearly." Um, message not received. <laughs> message not received. <laughs> Definitely not received. Hmm. <laughs> that's probably an interesting segue like and yeah you hearing about the story from like Kara's friend and just in general I feel like in especially living in London or close to London that I feel like there's been so much dialogue and conversation about violence towards women from men and I mean catcalling and like I don't know like sexual assault abuse even if, if it's like verbal physical I feel like it's always like a topic of conversation it's always like oh, not all men, or whatever it is. Like, how do you find that dialogue as a man? Well, I think, like, I I, th- I just think it's absolutely horrendous, like, the kind of stuff that women have to go through. Like, the idea that, you know, you can't go walking down a street without some fucking asshole shouting at you, either, you know, trying to chat you up or something or throwing abuse at you i think it's it's horrendous that even in a day and age like this where we're you know the world is is relative to 20 40 60 years ago is so much better it's amazing or I, it baffles me how we're still in the place where a woman can't walk down the street without being you know abused and harassed and and obviously, when it when it happens to people who are are close to me, it, it you know it, it frustrates me that men are s- still such idiots that they think <laughs> it's perfectly okay to just say such things to a woman and just get away with it and have absolutely zero consequences. But when my question to you is when so when I sit here and I'm like, men are disgusting. I hate men. Like oh da 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 da. Mm. And like you hear a bunch of other girls being like, I don't know very like men are assholes whatever as a man how do you take that like do you because you're a man so yeah that's correct yeah thanks for confirming unfortunately ed you are a man (laughs) sometimes i wish you were a woman (laughs) um but obviously i'm sure like i'm sure if someone was going around saying like all women are whatever i'd feel personally a bit like no we're not like then and try to like defend it but the harsh i think the harsh reality of it is as women we experience so much Mm. that it's not even so it's not even abnormal to make that comment mm. like it's not a bit mm. of it's not odd but how do yeah. you feel when people say it like how does it affect you like obviously it's when when men hear that and obviously wh- when some men who don't do those kind of things it's very easy for them to then say it's not all men yeah. just yeah. because obviously what they're trying to protect is is themselves because obviously they're they're getting they they might feel a little bit offended because because they might think the person sat across from them thinks that they might also one day harass them so it's i think it's very easy for men to think oh it's not all men but Mm. it's but it's the i like i i think it, it is all men but because and i think you know they've possibly grown up you know grown up being like that but then 
I think it sort of gets taught out a little bit through, you know, love and affection and stuff to not treat women like that, which is obviously... Do you think deep down all men are like that? Like, have that animalistic, like... Quite I possibly. I think, like, yeah. I th- I, it could be something that it... That's quite a big statement to make. It's, a, like, if it, I, you know, I, I don't really, I can't confirm it or... <laughs> But it might be. It might be something that just, without the love and affection of, like in your childhood, they you might have a tendency to feel the need and feel the right to mm. shout at women. But then I think it's a very. I can't remember the name of it, where. They they grow up seeing that kind of stuff, so then they inherit it and they think it's perfectly okay and i think like when it's normalized yeah and they normalize it yeah do you but, feel like you know, it's ever like i don't know locker room talk or like chat amongst like guys does that ever or maybe even in your past like do you feel like that ever influenced you to like talk differently about girls or like i, I don't even know because obviously we're not in those conversations but do you feel like the way maybe even teenagers talk about girls kind of encourages that behavior or certain, I don't know, thoughts about women as well. Like kind of objective. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Do you have any examples of things you remember hearing when you were younger? I can, not, off, not off the top of my head. Not without sort of probably stretching the story a bit or I can't, no, to be honest, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but it like teenagers are horrendous. <laughs> Like, absolutely horrendous. Uh, sorry, male teenagers are absolutely <laughs> horrendous because once they figure out what humans are capable of, it is literally just a. Yeah, and yeah. No, it's in like once they realize that men and women are capable of having sex and doing sexual things to each other and all that stuff, it becomes a a you know uh, a locker room boast you know it's it's mm. kids who are then like oh i remember oh. you saying yeah uh, I, I know Go exactly on. the point that you're saying but yeah. it becomes a thing of of you know one boy that says oh yeah the, you know me and what's her face you know went home together and we did this and then it's like, well, I'm sure what's her face probably doesn't want you telling this entire locker room full of boys exactly what <laughs> what you two did. Like they say, I feel like when girls talk about their experiences, they say it in like, oh, he did this, it was so sweet, and that was so nice. But like, guys do it too. That should be like, yeah, I shagged her last night. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I'm, Such I'm, a big generalization, by the way. Like I'm just gonna put this out there. We're totally generalizing. Women, but... No, but even. Yeah. Fingered her, fingered her in the locker room. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you do. Yeah. Sorry. But um, <laughs> but so so some kids, you know, they and they they might hear these other kids talk, other boys talking about it, and they think, oh well, am, am I supposed to be talking? Am I supposed to be talking about women this way? Am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be? You know. Did you ever question it? No, I, I, yeah. I don't think I questioned it, but I think I. I probably was was a little bit naive. I was I was probably just a bit like, oh, you know, this is supposed to be okay. This is supposed to be what yeah. kids are talking about. If that's what all your friends are doing, then I guess I mean it's. I feel like it's the same with like 
conversations that probably female teenagers have like you kind of just accept it as the status quo until you're pulled out your bubble yeah. and kind of are confronted and with like okay this probably maybe isn't that healthy or isn't that normal mm, and it's like when when kids sort of start and once, once kids start sort of you know once they start getting sort of sexual then all the other kids are sort of like oh well if these two people are doing it then that's obviously we're supposed to be doing this now so which then that then leads on to more people doing it and then it more leads on to more idiot boys talking about their their conquests which are conquests what? well it's, 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 it's the a horrific thing that some boys men they just you know they're just thinking about it's a conquest to them and it's yeah it's it's horrible I mean, yeah. Do you feel like it ever put pressure as well? Because I, I feel like, I mean, from... We've talked about this a little bit, I think, in our Truth or Drink, of, like, the pressure to, I don't know, have sex, lose your virginity, etc. But I feel like, potentially, the pressure is less so on women than on men to lose it at a certain age. Like, I, I know that I very much had in my head, like, oh, I want to wait for, like, somebody special, whatever it was. And even though I felt like there was some sort of, societal pressure for me to you know have sex or get with people whatever it was I don't know did you feel like did you feel a certain pressure when like with all that talk and like like was there that sort of I don't know I don't really know what how to phrase it but do you know what I mean I think I know yeah I think I know what you mean I think there was there was some to to a certain extent there was probably a little bit of of social of social uh pressure probably not so much to like lose your virginity so for at secondary school obviously what are you like 11 to 16 sort of on the later years of secondary school it's not so much obviously you're not really think well some people might but that's probably not thinking about losing your virginity but there was a lot of you know pressure to of people to be getting in relationships and starting getting romantic or something but obviously at a 16 year old yeah. you think spend a week with someone and you think that you're going to marry them so <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit stretched out but no uh, i'd say less so at college but still there was the i'm sure some people were thinking oh i need to lose my virginity before i go to university and i know yeah. i know some people will think that and will have definitely thought that was it something you talked about with your friends like oh have you lost your virginity yet and or when like let's say when you lost your virginity was it something you talked about with your friends mm, not really but i think that was possibly just because of the type of friends that i had like I think, I, I, I like, I wasn't the kind of person that when I lost my virginity, I didn't go running around telling. Like I didn't feel the need to go blurt it out and tell everyone. And what do you feel like? friendships have been like growing up and maybe how are they now like do you feel like they've changed or I don't know what sort of because I know obviously I only have experience with female friendships in the sense of like I feel like they're very much we bond over like emotions and like sharing I don't know like secrets confessions or like almost like just it's always quite like I feel like deep chats a lot of the time if it's like close relationships and I wonder, like, how that is for, like, how that was for you growing up. Like, what was sort of your friendships like? Or what are they like now? Yeah, so I think I had very, I, w- I was always part of a, like, a big mixture of 
of um of like boys and girls as in so we were i was always in a friend group that wasn't just like i wasn't in like the football lads group which was basically just a bunch of lads and all they ever talked about was football and that was probably the limit of of their social conversations and uh and i'd probably classify myself as a little bit of a you know i I was able to like mix between groups as in i was i was okay with i was able to handle a conversation with everyone but my my actual sort of group of friends that i was probably with at with at school and stuff it was a mixture so i'd like with with the guys it was it was it wasn't probably to the emotional level that that you may have had conversations with with your friends like mm-hmm. off the top of my head i can't really think of many times where we probably spoke about <laughs> our feelings and stuff like that or how we were feeling yeah like we would talk to each other i remember i remember having big conversations about what we wanted to do in life mm-hmm. and stuff like that and you know where like we wanted career- yeah, like career con- 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 Wow, English has stopped working. <laughs> Having career conversations yeah. and stuff like that, and our and what we dreamt of having in our future life and stuff. That's uh, so interesting. It's like the like, fact that it's so driven in this. But then, yeah. So that, that I remember it's like having a stereotypical like this is how I'm supposed to progress as a man and reach my status in my career. Probably not so much like wanting a status. It was probably more materialistic. So, um, as as like yeah, as like thirteen, fourteen, sixteen year old kids, like we're we're the kind of kids that are like looking at a nice car going by, and we're like, oh, I can't wait until I have one of these. Yeah. But now with your friendships. Now with my friendships, it's you know I. I would feel very comfortable having a conversation with someone about with about my own personal emotions, but that's probably just me. Like, I could probably say if someone asked me how I was doing and I wasn't feeling right, I'd probably be okay with saying not doing too well. I just love like how different it is for men though. Like with Ed, yeah. whenever in uni that Ed and I would fight, he used to go to lectures and he used to have a cap on that his friends knew was like, this is Ed's depression car and Ed just fought a cap. And that was his way of telling them like, he's going to be a bit more quiet. He's probably not going to be in the mood (laughs) to make jokes that day. (laughs) But that's, that was your way of communicating it with them. Yeah. Oh my God. Also something I find funny is whenever Ed hangs out with his guy friends and then he comes back and I'm like, so how are they doing? How's their partner doing? He's like, you know, didn't really come up. I'm like, okay, um, you know, how's his mom doing? I heard, you know, she was sick the other day. And he's like, yeah, it didn't come up. Um, <laughs> no, but that happens. Okay, let, can I... Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, did you find out about who they're dating? Like, you know, are they seeing anybody new? Like, what is going on? And you're like, meh, it didn't really come up. I'm like, what do you talk about? And he's like, oh, well, no. Well, there, there was cars on the television. <laughs> okay, let, let me expand a little bit. I would say yes to a certain extent in the um there were conversations which weren't you know you I would Ikara is quite right in some aspects where we would go and have a you know go to a bar or something and just have some drinks and our conversations it would be a bit like oh how's work going what's going on like that but then it would the conversation would quite swiftly move on to some of our interests yeah so cars formula one 
yeah. technology, that kind of stuff. So, it, and that, and that's where, you know, that's where we'd probably go to. But I would say now it's a lot more as in, and probably partially because of Cara's pointed out to me where she's gone, like where I've come back from an, with an evening with them and, and I've gone, well, actually, I don't have any answers to these questions. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably mm-hmm. ask them a little bit more probing questions and I'd be like, oh, how's work going? And if they just say good, I'll be like, I'll try and get them to elaborate on that because... I used to, I used to, with Ed, I used to, um, before he'd go out, I'm like, okay, one task, find out this about this person. Like, when you come home, make sure you asked about this. But you always used to come back and be like, (laughs) yeah, I didn't really come up. (laughs) It's so annoying. (laughs) Do you, okay, so, Ed, do you feel like being in a relationship or maybe even having more female, like, friendships in general, do you feel like it's made you more comfortable with like talking about your emotions or like more used to the concept of it or do you think it's just growing up in general and like maturing more and maybe also like the type of content that's like on tv i feel like maybe also the media narrative of like oh that's what's expected from guys and all of that has shifted but yeah i'd be interested to know yeah i i would agree with you i think having having a girlfriend and having some female friends um has definitely helped i think you know i it's so you know it being in a relationship it's it's especially important not to hide your emotions and i think it's it's quite a benefit that i have someone like cara that i can actually you know if i'm if i'm truly not feeling very great about something i can just straight up tell cara and i know there's not going to be any judgment about it so it's like having a really nice safe space whereas you know some people some some guys might not want to go to their best mate and be like look my life is shit right now because they might they 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 might feel like their mate might be like oh it's fine you know it'll it'll you know weeks come and go it'll be all right soon whereas i know if i if i have a problem and i say something to cara like cara's going to be like there and and she's going to get in there give me a full attention on it so i think yeah definitely having um cara around has definitely helped it's a big big bonus so which obviously then for for men who aren't in a relationship um they don't have the media. you know if, if they don't have a partner there to to assist them then it can be quite tough and then men who maybe have um maybe not so many female friends obviously i'm not saying that you can only be vulnerable with female friends because obviously there are some guys out there that can up okay with you yeah you should yeah can cope that. but but yeah but you know it's having having those strong connections those those really good friends and 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 partners and stuff that i think that's really that's really helped and have you have you noticed a difference from when we started dating to now with how comfortable you are talking about how you feel because i think you've changed a lot to be honest yeah no absolutely i think i think probably at the start i think um i probably had a bit of a thing in my head where i was like you know i can't be i can't be vulnerable i can't make it look like i don't have my stuff together right now like i need to be this strong male lead in this relationship whereas over the last three and a half years you know i've come to realize i 
I don't always need to be the strong male lead. Like, it's really, that's just a big load of bullshit. And, yeah, and, and I and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole thing, like, you know, when people say, like, oh, men, like, the, the horrendous thing when people say men don't cry. And then there's the counterpart of the, where people say men, you know, men do cry. Literally, it's just people. And I, like, and that I, must be, I don't, I, I wonder if it's, like, genetically, surely there's not a difference of, like, you know, how much women or how much yeah, men. Yeah. So that must just be society sort of, I don't know, indoctrinating men and women differently into, like, how much you're able to express your feelings through crying. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And then as you get older, like, you see, like, like the fact that you probably haven't seen your dad cry that much and stuff like that, so you think, okay, it's <laughs> that's just because <laughs> my dad's <laughs> crying. Um, that's good. But, yeah, you, you get brought up with it just not being a normal thing. So I think you kind of, like, train yourself that... Mm. Oh, it hasn't exceeded that level of like emotion where you can cry about it, you know, as you get older. Yeah, I I think some people maybe have the view that, you know, if they're going to cry about something, it needs to be something absolutely debilitating, either physical injury wise or the absolute worst thing possible in their life. You say they, we want you to talk about like you. Do you feel that way? No, I see. I would say I'm quite. I, th- I think I wear, well, I was about to say I wear my emotions on my sleeve, but I would say I'm very good at hiding my emotions sometimes. Yeah. I think I, I think I'm good at hiding it, but then also once I feel like I'm in a very, quite a safe space and, and I am able to be quite open about it, I, like I will yeah. be, like I'm... I think I've put, if I'm with the right people and and I was for instance I was quite upset about something to the point where I you know I it's really really getting to me and like I I have cried and I have cried in front of people in the past yeah that are that are close to me and stuff So you know when you know when we watch like emotional movies and stuff and you're watching it with me and like your family and stuff and we're all crying including like you and your parents and stuff so if we were watching it with like friends that you don't know that much would you try to hold it in and not cry interesting question question. um now now i think probably no younger me yes probably yeah yeah because i think that that back then 14 year old ed 16 year old ed maybe not 16 year old bed but 14 year old ed would probably be like there's a big bunch of people i don't really know here i don't want to look like this boy that cries and that's the really sad bit is that i would have probably thought i don't want to look like this kid that cries at sad movies so you know how like we often talk about i don't know the societal expectations that we have as women but what do you feel like societal expectations were that like you had like for example 14 year old ed like what did you feel like societal pressures were on you or and even still are today oh god it was horrendous it was when kids hit puberty it was like it was like you needed to get a six pack Mm. you needed muscles And 
it's still that as a 23 year old man it's still that but as a as a 14 year old kid and kids were hitting puberty when they were 11 and if you were and me as a you know i can't remember when i hit puberty it was probably like 13 or 14 or something but like there were 11 12 year old kids that had hit puberty early they'd started developing muscles you know they were football kids so they're running around all day developing six packs and they'd be walking around the playground like basically lifting up their t-shirts and like poking their stomachs and stuff because they had these little six packs Mm. and then so every other little boy there i'm 100 percent sure of it went including including me was like i need to get a six pack i need to i need to start i need to start Mm. training you know, I need to start doing push-ups in my bedroom. Like I remember, I can remember myself doing sit-ups in my bedroom before I'm going to sleep when I was like 13. Because I was like, well, that kid over there's got a six-pack and people are giving him a shitload of Mm. attention. And that means I need to get a six-pack, otherwise no one's going to give me attention. And I think not only as a 14-year-old boy, but as a 23-year-old man, that's still very prevalent and i think it's it's quite tough to see that you know it's still there now and i'm so i'm a very tall guy i'm very slim and i don't put on mass very easily so watching adverts from companies like gymshark I think they are the worst company at doing this. For males, though. This is what, exactly what I was about to say. Because for women, they are fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah they give they, such good representation. They, their ambassadors are not people that look like they haven't eaten all day. No. Their ambassadors aren't just absolutely jacked females that are like clearly either full-time athletes or you know just gym goers. You know, they're, pe- they're, they're, they're people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're normal women. But for men, I don't know why, every single dude in their advertising campaign is some absolutely jacked six foot five unit of yeah. a man that has obviously been taking protein shakes for the last 10 years of his life, has been working out five, six times a week for the last 10 years of his life, and is in peak physical condition. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's an, unless you are able to... Um, maintain that regime of of working out and going to the gym and and yeah, eating like tracking like your that. food and everything you know yeah and you know and it, it's also an mm-hmm. expense like so recently i i tried to gain some weight so i started buying some protein shakes going to the gym a little bit more and instantly that's an extra 100 pounds a month on top of yeah. my normal spending yeah. so it's and, and what made you want to gain weight in that moment? Honestly. Because I was going on holiday and I wanted to look good. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the quote marks. <laughs> I wanted to look good when I was on holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't, as a tall, skinny male, I don't want to be a tall, skinny male because society has told me I shouldn't be a tall, skinny mm-hmm. male. And it's and that's to that's, that's literally started from being a fourteen year old boy, mm. watching some little footballer kid, yeah. walking around with his abs. Isn't it's it's quite interesting though because, I think you just being tall and stuff that's already what a lot of other men wish 
they were like we have such a existent I don't know if it's a, if stigma is a good word but you know if you're over six foot you're technically more desire desirable by society I feel that way but then it's like you can't please everyone because if you're six foot you'll likely be slimmer and in your case find it harder to gain the mass so it just feels like no matter what you do it's hard to attain i feel like society in general isn't it it sets unrealistic unattainable standards for everyone in it and i do feel like for men completely i can imagine the pressure i remember i had a conversation with this with like a male friend of mine where like obviously the standards for women are also very unattainable but at at some points you know they're not like okay every woman has to be have abs or you know chiseled biceps and I do think that like the female space there is a lot of awareness being raised at the moment and I do feel like for males there seems to be not the same awareness or the same progress being made in the sense of like yeah for a lot I feel like the standard for a lot of guys is like to have like a six pack and you know be completely yeah and muscles and stuff like that when it's like yeah that literally that takes so much work and effort and I I don't know it I feel like there's not much progress being made from companies or anything like that or even awareness in like a a friendship space or I don't know it's it's strange but what's but that's, I think, what's, like, it goes back to what we were saying that, like, women, I think we talk a lot about how we're feeling and stuff. So, like, Leo and I all the time talk, talk about our experiences with, with body image and stuff like that. Whereas, so, and because of that, there's awareness of it. And then that might help the need for people to, I don't know, spread awareness about it. Whereas with men, it's just, like, it feels like it's an unspoken thing. Like, you just have to deal with it by yourself and no one really talks about it. Um, but something I want wanted to ask you was you were saying that when you were like when you were 13 and 14 you were looking at these other kids and you were like I need to have a six pack and I need to do this and stuff to be wanted or whatever and desired but did you feel that the pressure came from the other boys or the other girls like did you feel like the pressure came from girls to look that way for the girls or did you feel like it was more of a comparison thing with the males if that makes sense I would probably say it was probably a mixture of both. It was probably part of it was like, oh, I need to get a six pack because the kid over there that's got a six pack is getting attention from girls. But was he really? Yeah. I mean, this 13 year old kid was like, they, girls were like, oh my God, he's got a six pack. Okay, but what about now? And then nowadays, I think it's more of just what we see on on the screen and on TV and I like obviously now when I'm if I'm working out I'm not doing it for girls like I'm not doing it to be like oh if I you never feel the pressure no absolutely like I mean you, you, you I'll be like Car, I'm about to go to the gym and you'll be like mm, <laughs> like you're not like you're like yeah but I do that because it makes me feel crap about myself I'm like no don't go stay with me on the sofa let's <laughs> let's cuddle and nap together yeah but yeah I've I've never once felt like oh I need to go to the gym or I need to go for this run because if I don't Cara will leave me and uh, yeah it's that's very good but yeah but the other part is of the of what you were saying you know is it from the female side or the male side 
I think it was then just the the male side of this whole locker room mm. stuff or changing room stuff where you know it would just be these two three kids who then you know started to get six pack and stuff and they'd be comparing their six pack and then you'd be getting changed on something you'd look down and you just see this smooth bit of skin yeah. and you're like and can, um, just boys can be so yeah, absolutely. Did you ever experience any like were you ever bullied when you were younger by other boys? No, I, I I'm 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 very grateful for the fact that I don't think I was well, if by me saying I don't think I was ever bullied means that I wasn't ever bullied. Yeah. I uh I uh I, yeah, no, I was never buzzy, bu- bullied for buzzy. <laughs> I was never bullied for for anything. But I know how horrendous, especially young boys, can be to to people. So, and I feel like I mean, me and Cara are good examples for the fact of like we were never bullied for how we looked, but we still critiqued our appearance and were self-critical stuff. Like suffered with body image issues and that sort of thing. So I feel like it can obviously it's probably like a lot worse if you're also, you know, affected by like through. I feel like. Bullying must Shamed. be the absolute worst, yeah. even especially now if it's like online as well and you literally can't escape it. And it's like when you're in school and you're surrounded yeah. by it all the time. But I feel like these sort of pressures to look a certain way, they can affect you like almost whatever you look like. Probably even the guys that had the six packs at 14 were probably also, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. having having some sort of struggles with it or thinking about it in some sort of way or feeling yeah. like they need to maintain it or... I don't know. I feel like there's Yeah, they're not they're not doing it from like a yeah. oh, I just want to do it. They're doing it for a I need to do it. Can I add perspective? Bit? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a question though. But remind me. Okay. I'll, I'll Say mediums. So, and then remind me. Okay. I there's the the other thing like I wanted to go back to the bit where you were saying how like, you know, if if a if if a male is over six foot tall, they're seen as you know desirable because all they're mm. tall, and I think there is a lot of where people then get tall, they go, oh he's tall, oh but he's he's so skinny, mm. and then when you get short guys, you know who are shorter than average, but then they go, you know they're they're pretty well built and they're quite jacked, they've got huge arm muscles, huge legs and stuff, but then people go, oh but he's just muscly to compensate yeah. for the fact that he's short. And there's always yeah. something that people are like, oh, he's, but he's, you know, there's, so true. you know, it's a compensation. So it's like, oh, he's tall, but he's so skinny or, oh, he's, he's really muscly, but he's so short. He's always a butt. Yeah. And it's like, why? Yeah. Okay. Well, what was your question? So I was going to ask you, cause I, so from my experiences, I feel like the space where I see these body things that I compare myself to is like tiktok and instagram like i I don't even think it's so subconscious like i'll be scrolling on tiktok and i'll just be seeing these girls like in crop tops and like showing their body or like doing waist challenges or whatever so fucking messed up but i just like scroll through and i just i just deal with it and i have moments where i'm like "Hmm, i probably shouldn't be staring at girls that look like this too much and then same thing on instagram you're just confronted by everyone showing some sort of fake unattainable photoshopped version of what they look like um online but i was gonna ask for you because from 
and and correct me if I'm wrong, but like what where I think you compare yourself most to is in movies, because I think we every time we watch a movie and there's like some like and especially Marvel movies oh. where they're all jacked, they're all massive. Every time like some guy comes off and they show this like overly sexualized scene of the the male and like they take their tops off, you always make a comment. You go, he's fucking huge. He's massive. That, and then, like, some guys I've you've looked at and you're like, that's my goal. Like, I want to look like that and stuff. Mm. So I've noticed that that's, from what I've heard and, and what we've spoken about, that that's where you get most of your comparison from. But I don't know, is that is that true? Or are there other platforms that you think... Because I've seen <laughs> your Instagram, it's all golf and basketball videos, so I don't know if that is... A, uh, and you don't have TikTok, so... <laughs> I think, yeah... I- that you are 100 percent true with the movie stuff like i do like you got it like i know you so well like if we are watching a movie (laughs) and some absolute unit of a man comes on i'm like yeah fucking hell he's huge and I, i like i know that people like chris hemsworth and uh well, oh, well, I was actually gonna say Tom Holland. Tom, when I look at Tom Holland, that's when I say, oh, "That's why I want to yeah. look like because it looks I think achievable." Tom Holland's fit. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> they, you know, they actually make. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. He's an attractive man. He, mm. like he, like mm. they don't make him huge yet. He, I mean, his his physique is, I mean, flawless. He, he has an incredibly low body fat percentage and the way that they've because all these actors they yeah. don't, like they're being sculpted to look like that they have people that make that uh, train them and make them look like that the way that he's been yeah, sculpted so, so is that is that it makes it look yeah but so uh, so you saying this so you're aware of it oh yeah but i still i feel like you still compare yourself even though you know mm, like i they work their asses off to go from what they usually look like to play to fit into this role yeah, like I, I hundred percent know that any of the actors that are on screen and are absolutely jacked, it is completely unattainable. And I know there's there was an actor, I can't remember his name. He was in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and he made a point of proving how unobtainable it is mm-hmm. or how un unsustainable it is, because he decided to I think. I can't remember which order it was. He gained loads of weight, absolutely loads of weight. Like just drank beer, ate shit all the time, like for a good solid few months. Gained tons of weight, got a massive beer belly. And then he did the reverse, worked out six times a week, ate to a really strict thing. And he got jacked. He got really big and he got really chiseled. And then he was like, oh, look, anyone can do this if you then do this. And then basically his post was about all the ridiculous things he had to do in order to make it look like this. It was waking up at four o'clock in the morning, working out, eating so many different types of food, spending a hundred thousand pounds on a trainer and all these other things. And it's like, so yeah, I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that the, these people that I see on screen, I'm aware of the fact that they, they pay a lot of money and they only look like that for the few months that they film this film. But still it makes, it makes me go yeah. like, well, yeah. if they can look like that, yeah. Should, should I be looking? Should I be looking like that? 